Yes, people, and welcome to episode eight of the Trading Lever podcast. I'm your host, Steve Boxman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dave, from Boxing First. Dave, how are you, mate? Lots of boxing to look forward to this weekend. Yeah, good. Ready to go on episode eight already. We say it every week how quick it's flying by, and it truly is. This week, we've got some, like you say, some massive cards coming this weekend. So we've gone from two really quite dry weekends to to an action-packed weekend, so cannot wait. Yeah, and we'll start by looking uh, looking back at this week's action, starting with Lewis Ritson against Jeremiah Ponce. Dave, we'll address a certain Steve Gray shortly, but let's talk Ritson. Um, he's an honest fella. He's fallen short above domestic level, and on this occasion, even more so. And in all honesty, he took a bit of a beating in there, didn't he, Dave? And I, I thought he was going to have him out there, Ponce. I thought Ponce was going to have him out there in the first round. Yeah, I think if the tables had turned and, and it was Ponce was on the on the end of that beating, he, there was a lot of unanswered punches there. He would, I think that Gray might have stepped in earlier. But he, he did tough it through. We know what Ritson's about. He is a tough, honest fighter. He managed to get through it. And when he went back to the corner, he didn't seem that, that bothered by it. He was telling his dad, yeah, he doesn't hit that hard. But obviously... We could physically see that he was hitting hard, so he was very, very lucky to be allowed to go past the first three minutes. Yeah, Dave, um, Steve Gray, of course, we know he had a bit of a mirror there, didn't he? Throwing that towel out when, when the corner threw it in. It was clear to me, and I think it was clear to all that Ritson was done. There was no way back in that fight for him, and I appreciate that Matchroom have released a video of him explaining to Ritson and his team why they fight on, but it makes you think... Um, or it makes you wonder what those cards look like. It's almost like the, the the fix was in and he was trying to get that to the end. But surely Steve Gray's an experienced man. I know he's had a few mares recently, but surely a man of his experience, he could see Rickson, Ritson was done and, and the fight was over. So just put him out of his misery. Yeah, especially when it's your own father throwing the towel in. That, that says it all. I know I've had this argument before when... When Wilder's team threw the towel in, and I, I released a video on and so uh, on YouTube, and I mentioned that the referee stopped the fight, and the amount of comments I got saying that the corner stopped the fight. We, at the end of the day, we know the referee is the only man in there that can stop that fight. But when a corner throws a towel in, that's a damn good sign that that is the time to step in. If if your own dad, your own corner is saying enough, then then it's enough for me. Yeah, and I, I was just looking and thinking, just just stop the fight. They're throwing the towel in. He's taking enough. Those body shots were taking his toll. From the first round, we see he was hurt to the body. And like I said, Ritson, he's a tough guy. He's an honest guy. But but come on, just just put the guy out of his misery and, and stop the fight. But in terms of Jeremiah's Ponce, Dave, um, is he that good? Or is Ritson just way below the level that some people believe? Now, I know... Um, you were viewing more of him in the build-up and you started to believe a little more that this was going to be a real tough one for, for Ritson. But does Ponce trouble a Josh Taylor? Does he trouble a Regis Progre or even a Jose Ramirez? I don't think he troubles fighters at that level and that's no disrespect to Ritson. Ritson, as we've said multiple times already, he is a good, honest fighter. But he's at that level where he's... He's even come out in a post and said it. Every time he's trying to step up from just above domestic, maybe European level, onto that world stage, it's just that bit too far. And he does everything okay, Ritson, but he does nothing great. So he's limited in his skill set. He's tough. He'll keep coming forward and he'll keep giving 100%. But Ponce was just ultra-aggressive. And once you put it on, on Ritson like that, and that... That body shot, he took, it, it sort of set the tone for the rest of the fight. It's so hard to recover from a body shot like that. We've seen Khan, remember when Khan hit Maidana in their first round? Maidana took quite a few rounds to get over that, that body shot. So I don't think Ponce is going to trouble the, the upper echelons, but he's, a, he's an exciting new addition to, to sort of that level just below the, below the elite of that division. I can't see Ritson ever ever breaking through onto the world stage as much as we'd like him to. I just don't think he's just got that something extra to get him up there. But he's he's got fights on the domestic scene. He's a great ticket seller, Ritson. So one thing, he'll always get his fights. If you can sell tickets, you'll get fights. It's the way the business works. So likes of O'Hara Davis, Tyrone McKenna, Ennis Brown, they're all there for him. To have a great fight up in the northeast where they love the boxing, they're going to, as soon as the arenas are out, you know, you can you can fill an arena. They will definitely fill an arena. We've seen how much noise they made at the weekend. But no, I don't think Ponce is that special. I just don't think Ritson's that great either. So Ponce was just a better of the two on the night. 
Yeah, and I don't think the likes of, well, I think the likes of Taylor and Prograde, they're a class above. So, like you said, on, on that showing, we're in for some fun nights with Ponce, um, as we know, with Frank Warren. And the titles could become vacant. We've spoken about it a few times in the last few weeks about um, Josh Taylor possibly moving up to take on that Terence Crawford fight. And if those titles do become vacant, obviously now Ponce is in a position to fight for it. And um, we could see him fighting a guy like Subriel Matias, who we saw a few weeks ago on, on the Showtime card with devastating KO. Um, and that would be some scrap for a vacant IBF title. And let me tell you, that would be fireworks, Dave. Uh, but as for Ritson, you've just mentioned it. He, he, look even, he looks short at European level, let's be honest. And he's way short of world level. Um, he's a good, honest fighter. It's hard not to like the lad. He, it's hard not to to credit the man for giving it a go, as us UK fans say. We give it the giving a go card, but he's the mixed, he's domestic level, especially at 140. He might have been a, a little bit better at 135 if he could continue to make that weight, but his stock has dropped a little bit now, Dave. And, and you mentioned he's a ticket seller and so on. And I think, yeah, the, those Geordie fans will continue to back him as they do. They back their man, but... You've mentioned a few fights that he could go for domestically, but it's going to be hard to sell a card with him as a headliner now, even though he's going to sell some tickets. So, But they, uh, as we know, they're going to put on some more shows up in Newcastle and, and they can keep him on cards. He's going to sell a few tickets, but I think he needs to drop back down to that level where he's at now. But like I said, fair play to him giving it a go at that level. He's just not good enough, unfortunately. But another man who fought this weekend was Shakur Stevenson and talk of his performance has blown up on social media. Dave, I've spoken highly of him and my opinion doesn't change. He is a major talent and he has got an exceptional skill set. But in fighting the way he did against an opponent like Nakafia, a man he should really be getting out there, it does bring the questions. Now, at times, if anything, he looks scared to be hit and he just isn't willing to take those risks. But that's fine. Um, a boxer is there to get paid whilst taking minimal damage, but... Do you think do you think his reluctance to take those risks, even against an opponent like Nakafir, is due to him not trusting his own chin, Dave? It's going to be a problem, isn't it? He's come out since and said that Nakafir hit hard, and and it's hard to gauge how hard Nakafir hits with his limited opponents on his resume. But Stevenson has come out and said he was scary, which isn't really a brilliant sign to me. Shakur Steven, brilliant amateur, got that silver medal in the Olympics, but he's still fighting like an amateur, isn't he? He's doing that miss, score the point and get out of there. We cannot fight like that at the professional level because it's not only a sport anymore, it's, it, it's an entertainment business as well. And if you're not entertaining, if you're not willing to take them risks, you're not going to sell. And he's already with top rank who are struggling at the minute despite the sheer amount of talent in the stable to get brilliant cards on. So he's got two things really going against him there. He's already sort of said he, he was disappointed with his performance. He didn't feel himself. And hopefully that's the case. You know, you're allowed an off night. Everybody's allowed an off night. Going forward, hopefully he learns from this. And he, it, it, I said last week it was lack of power. But I don't think that was the problem. He dropped Nakathia. The, the, the killer instinct wasn't there. The smell of blood wasn't there. It was back to making miss, making pain in single shots. Can't do that. He's got he's to make a statement. He's, oh, people are going to avoid him. People are going to avoid him based on his boxing skills. So if they find a way of avoiding him by saying he's, he's a boring fighter, he's not the type of fighter I want to be in against, he's not, a, you know, he's not exciting to watch, they'll use that just to avoid Stevenson. If he goes in with heavy next, I want to see a better performance from him. Not from a boxing point of view, but from an offensive mindset point of view. We know what Stevenson can do. Stevenson can do. He's fast. He's flashy. He's got everything. He's got to put a bit of killer instinct into his work, and, and it would have been a complete performance for me. Yeah, I think I think they are going to use that uh, that boring statement as as their get out card because he is going to be a tricky opponent for anyone. He's not going to be easy to beat for anyone. Um, his style is going to be very awkward for anyone, as we know. But I think it's important to remember, although it wasn't an exciting performance, Dave, it was a complete shutout. It wasn't like he struggled. It's just he wasn't willing to take that extra risk to to get his man out there. And yes, some fans are going to see that uh, as boring. Others are going to see that as a masterclass. But he really is an advert for the sweet science, Dave. But I just think against this level of opponent, he should be making a statement. Get them out there. Take that extra risk. Like you said, if he's going in against a, a Jamel Herring next, a guy like that, or... Uh, and Oscar Valdez, and he beats them with a shutout victory, he's going to get a lot of credit for that. He's going to take the plaudits for that because they're quality fighters. But against a, a, a guy like Nakafia, Dave, he's got to be taking him out. So 
Let's see. Let's see where he goes from there. But like you said, he, he's going to struggle to sell on a performance like that. But I'm I'm staying with him. I'm I'm still um, predicting that he's going to go on to be one of the pound for pound best. He has just got a he's got to take that little bit more risk sometimes when required. But like I said, beat beat a herring like that, beat an Oscar Valdez like that, and he's going to get nothing but praise. So let's see how it goes for Shakur Stevenson. Hopefully, it's him against um, Herring next. I know Herring wants that Valdez fight, but but surely. With uh, Shakur being the mandatory, he's going to get that fight. So we'll see how it goes. But on to some boxing news now, Dave. And we've got a retirement and a potential retirement to discuss. Firstly, Alexander Povetkin has decided to call it a day after he's lost in his rematch against Dillian White. Dave, he had a solid career. He won an amateur um, Olympic gold before becoming a regular world title holder and challenging the likes of Vladimir Klitschko and Anthony Joshua. But really, his career is always going to be tainted by his use of performance-enhancing drugs, ain't it, Dave? Yeah, and rightfully so. You can't take that away from, from his career, can you? It played a pivotal part. Who knows? We mentioned the other week, you, you, I don't think you get caught the first time. So it's always going to have an asterisk next to his career. He was great to watch, wasn't he? We've seen the knockout against White. We've seen him putting courageous efforts against Anthony Joshua's, the Klitschko's. He fought everybody, sort of, the class of 2010 to 2015. He sort of faced them all, didn't he? That fight with David Price, where he was, you know, one to go down off a hellacious punch. He'd get back up and go straight back at him. He had some amazing nights. But he must look back with regret now, mustn't he, and think, why? What? You know, why did I... Everyone's going to mar me with that brush now, and it sort of it, it just takes the edge off what is. 36 wins with 25 knockouts, only three defeats and a draw. As a heavyweight, that's a that's a good record. But like you say, everyone's always going to put that asterisk next to it and say, yeah, but he failed not just once as well. He failed on more than one occasion. So I wish him well in his retirement, but I'm sure there's regret there as well. Yeah, Dave, and as a result of him failing a test, um, a fight that was due to take place was Povetkin against Wilder back in 2016 for the WBC title. That was due to take place in Russia, so that would have been a difficult assignment for Wilder, but who do you think would have won that fight had it taken place? Back then, back that raw Deontay Wilder, whose power compensated for his complete lack of footwork, technique, ability, tactics, he was just one... like. When you play these computer games where you can create your own boxing, like they put everything on power, nothing on defence, nothing on footwork, nothing on any other stat, just filled the power bar up, I think Povetkin had took that fight. I, I genuinely do. And that's not a diss against Wilder, who looks like he's you know, he's finally realised now he's took that defeat, that there's other areas of his game that, that are at best weak. He, he didn't have that, that warning shot back then. He, he was raw, he was powerful, and, and he, he felt invincible, like he didn't need to change anything. I think Povetkin was the right man to put him away. Just while we're on the subject of fights that didn't happen, Dave, um, we don't have time to go into the hows and whys, but Tyson Fury and uh, Tyson Fury and Andy Joshua. Tyson Fury, hopefully that doesn't turn into one of them, but Tyson Fury against David Hay. Who do you think would have won that one had it taken place? I, always, I wasn't a big fan of Hay at Heavy. I thought... He obviously did well enough at heavy. <laughs> well, Taito, you're not a mug. But I thought just the sheer size difference would have been difficult for Hay. I know he took on Valuev, but Valuev was more of a freak show than a fighter, wasn't he? Tyson Fury had much better fighting ability than Valuev. And I just thought the sheer size of him. I know it was a few years before Hay fought Bellew, but there were signs earlier then that Hay was suffering from injuries. And if you've got a big, heavy man like Tyson Fury weighing in on you... I always felt Fury would have done it, but we know that Hay could bang, and we know that Fury, you're able to get to Fury. We've seen Cunningham drop Fury with that wicked shot down the middle. Hay had them. Hay had them shots, so I wouldn't completely write him off. But if I had to put money where my mouth was, I'd have backed Fury. Yeah, and uh, of course we see how Hayes struggled against Vlad when he when he stepped up against him as well. So who knows? Um, it's always one to think about. And I was looking forward to that fight at the time, so it's a shame it, it got cancelled twice. But it is what it is. Um, and the last one, Dave, Lennox Lewis against Riddick Bowe. This one will always be spoken about. Who do you think would have that one? I'd have to go with my man Lennox. I can't. There's not many who I'd pick against Lennox, but I've been watching Bowe earlier last week. Uh, there's a couple of guys on Twitter who put a, a few ball videos on. He's sort of the, the lost name, isn't he, due to what happened with him and him he, and he backing out of a fight and stuff. 
people talk of Lewis, they talk of Tyson, and not many mention Ball, but if there's anybody listening who doesn't know too much about Riddick Ball, go and watch him because he was a handful. He just maybe not mentally as strong as he was physically strong and physically capable of being a, a great fighter on the night. I'd have backed Lewis, but again, that's a fight that should we should have been treated to that fight. It would have been a hell of a fight. Yeah, we definitely should have. And I always thought with that one, the timing was key for me. I felt the Bo that beat Holyfield, Bo against Holyfield in that first fight, that was a different level of fight. And there's not many heavyweights in history that could stand up to that Riddick Bo um, in the first Holyfield fight. And that's credit to Holyfield as well, because that was some fight. And obviously, round 10 was just incredible. And how Holyfield managed to get through that, I don't know. But those wars with Holyfield certainly took pretty much everything else that Bo had left out of him. And when we saw him up against Galotta, we see how much those Holyfield fights had taken out of the man. And and that put paid to, to the Lewis fight even happening. Before the Galotta fight, it was probably going to happen. After all that time, it was going to happen. But that Galotta fight just killed it. Uh, those Galotta fights just killed it, particularly the first one. I think it just ended it. But I think around 92, I, I would have backed Bo to, to beat Lewis. But under Manny Stewart, I think, Lewis beats Bo all day long. Yeah. That that Lewis beats Bo all day long. But yeah, the best of Bo against the best of Lewis. That would have been that would have been some fight. And we, it's one we're just always going to talk about, unfortunately. Yeah. But it is what it is, and we we just hope that we don't see that with Crawford and Spence. We don't see that with with Joshua against Fury or Joshua against Wilder. To be honest, because they're all fights we want to see. Um, so hopefully we don't get any more of those uh, missed opportunities in, in today's boxing. But we can never be too confident because we know about the the business it is. So let's see. But um, now for a potential retirement, Dave. And Billy Joe Saunders has confirmed that he is considering retirement after he's lost to Canelo Alvarez. Uh, Billy's had an interesting career, to say the least. But, Dave, if he is to retire following this loss, it will look a bit of a sellout, wouldn't it? Yeah, definite sellout. It's no surprise to me, this talk, really. When you look at his... His career as a package, his activity was low. How much did he really want to be in there? You know, you get some fighters, they love the game. They want to fight every three months at the most. They love getting out there. And, and Billy Joe just more like the lifestyle outside the ring. You like the fast cars, you like the money. And he, and he doesn't look like he's short of a few quid. He's got a few sports cars and, and horses running around. So... I always question me. I, I always ask the question, how much does he want it? Why is he not more active? When he's talked himself up to the position he talked himself into, he made the man and his every man who'd listen and his wife believe that he Canelo he beat Canelo. Canelo's not a problem to him. He'd outbox him. He'd outskill him. And now Canelo's proven that that wasn't the case. Even if you take away the eye injury and the retirement, Canelo was you know he he was ahead in the fight and it only looked to be get going more and more in one direction, didn't it? I don't think Billy Joe's the type of fighter to take a defeat from Canelo and step back down a couple of levels and rebuild, is he? An ego as strong as his, an ego as big as his, and his pride. Does not. I can't see him going on this, uh, against a, a lesser opponent on a smaller show, on an undercard or something like that. Billy Joe, to all intents and purposes, in his mind, he's the man. There's nobody else, he's the man. So to try and put in a position where he's not the man, I, I, I just don't think his ego can take it. So... It's probable retirement now. I think I'd say it's definite retirement for me. I can't see a way back for Billy Joe now. Yeah, and I think if he does come back, Dave, there are a few interesting fights. But like you said, I don't think he's willing to drop down that level. And I always thought um, a second with Eubank Jr. would be an interesting fight. That rivalry obviously continued over social media and so on. And those two, there's always that needle there. And and to be honest, I don't see that as a problem fight for Billy. I would always back Billy with his style to beat Eubank Jr. I think Eubank Jr. is always going to find Billy uh, a real tough fight. So it'd be interesting to see if he if he could motivate himself to come back for a fight like that. But I don't think he cares. I think he's got that one over Eubank Jr. I don't think he's really interested in... I don't think he really ever has been interested in, in revisiting that fight. But it would be an interesting one, as I say. And I'd still like to see the Andrade fight, to be honest. Um, that, that's an interesting fight for me. It's not the most exciting fight on paper. But I think both of them at the point where they were originally supposed to fight, they both needed that fight. And it's a shame Billy let himself down at the time of that one. Um, but it, it, like I said, it, that's an intriguing fight. And I'll be all for seeing that still, um, as it is a good tactical battle. But Dave, if, if he was to come back, I know you said you can't see it if he was to come back and and you could throw a name in the hat who, who would you want to see him fight 
it's a difficult one, isn't it? isn't it? Because he's saying he can't make 160. Now, can he make 160, but he's not willing to put the effort into make 160 because we know he doesn't seem to... It was in incredible shape against Canelo, don't get me wrong. So his other options are 168 or pull a 160 up. Andre, like you say, is a great technical fight. It's a chess match type of fight. You've got Munguia down there. He's an aggressive fighter. I think that would suit a Billy Joe if he's going to come forward all night. And Billy Joe loves to fight against an aggressive op- opposition. I can't see him staying at 168 because Canelo's going to boss that division for the foreseeable. And I can't see him going up to 175, so he really is limited. I wouldn't mind him against that Eubank Jr. That's a big money fight domestically. If Eubank Jr. can get a couple of big wins under his belt, get his name back out there on the, on the international scene, then that definitely makes money. It definitely makes sense. But very, very limited now for Billy Joe, unfortunately. For a man of his talent and promise, it's a bit of a difficult thing to say that. You can't really see him going too much further forward, but... It's just a position he's found himself in through partly fault of his own and maybe some that's not his fault. But it, it, again, we just mentioned before, Povetkin's going to look back at his career with some regret for different reasons, completely different reasons, don't get me wrong. But Billy Joe's certainly going to look back at his career. If this is the end, there's going to be a certain amount of regret. It's not bad for a two-weight world champion, but that just shows you the potential that he had and, and the belief that everybody else had for him to be a two-weight world champion and still feel that you didn't quite reach what, what you was capable of. Speaks volumes, really. Yeah, I just don't don't think he ever really kicked off on that uh, Lemieux fight. And we know he, he should have had better opposition following that. And that was when he could have been in his absolute prime. And he would have been a tricky fight for anyone at that point. But it's a shame he never kicked on from that point. And he obviously had his problems outside the ring as well. But let's see how that story unfolds. I hope, I hope he doesn't go out on a fight like that and I hope he can get himself back in the ring uh, but breaking news Dave and Matrim have released the fight camp schedule to to kick off their deal uh, with the Zone UK after Eddie accidentally on purpose <laughs> revealed this in a fan <laughs> selfie but it is official now um, we've got Ben uh, Granados um, Galahad and Dickens for the IBF title and Buatsi Belotniks um, as the headliners. I mean, we aren't at the premium fight card stage yet, but Dave, what stands out for you on this schedule? I like the Buatsi Belotniks fight. It's, it's a fight that Buatsi needs for me. Uh, you know, I've spoke not too highly of Buatsi recently with recent performances. He was great last time out, and I think this, this is another performance, another opponent that he can go in there and look good against and. He's going to use his aggression to get him out of there. But that stands out. I don't think the Dickens-Galahad will be particularly great on the eye. But it'd be good to see uh, one of them pick up a world title. It, obviously, the second meeting, Galahad winning by TKO the first time round. And I think it'll be a similar result, to be honest. As much as I like Dickens and I had him to beat Walsh, I think Galahad's just, just that class above. Uh, there's a lot of TBAs again, isn't there? So TBA is definitely getting. He must have something on the him. Man here, in a moment. He's, he's getting the out there, moment. isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's getting a good. He's getting a good payday at the minute. I'll tell he you. is. Yeah, never does interviews, but he, he must. <laughs> he must know somebody in that matching camp because he's he's very active. So yeah, like you say, that that bodged uh, fan photo. Like Eddie earns that daft. Come on. Yeah, and there's quite a few women's fight cards on there for the for the women's fight fans. And I know uh, some of the, the women's fights on the matchroom cards have been quite exciting recently. A lot of them involving uh, Natasha Jonas, who returns on, on there already. She, it seems like she only fought last week, but yeah. um, credit to her. She's always willing to get back in there and back at it. And I hope for her sake, I hope she gets her hands on a world title at some point because she's been in two brilliant fights for world titles and, and she's just come up short. Probably the first time against Harper, you could argue that, that she could have got the win but she's gone in there with, with the best and, and I just hope for her sake that she can get her hands on the title. Yeah. So let's see who she ends up fighting. I'm sure they can pull out a, a decent fight for her um, in the build-up for another world title fight. But I'm keen on the, uh, the Barazzi fight as well. You know I'm a fan of him. I'm also a fan of Conor Ben, so I'm looking forward to, to another decent fight for him. Um, and as for Barazzi, as you said, it's certainly a step up against Belotniks um, and he just needs to continue that now, continue to step up. We've mentioned that on here numerous times now and and it's good to see they are making those strides with him so this should be a decent start for Matrim on on the zone uk um and then onwards and upwards and we, we've got to see some real good fight cards going forward though haven't we dave yeah especially for a 750 pound ticket which has just been announced 750 pound a ticket gets yeah 
Local transport to the venue, an Uber, maybe. Mate, mate that's, walk, that's walking distance for me as well. Now, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I was going to pick up, I was going to pick up a ticket for one of these cars. But when I saw that earlier, I said, yeah, I'll watch that on Design UK, thanks. Yeah. I could literally walk to his back garden, but yeah, no chance I'm walking there for 750 quid. I'm you all get right, your, mate. Uh, you get your champagne and your food, though, so... You, know. <laughs> you, better be, you better be giving a lot more than just that. I said, <laughs> I, want, I, said I want tucking into Eddie Hearn's kingside bed for 750 quid. Better be getting the real treatment for that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no names on there to warrant that, is there? And it, it no. just seems like a bit of a kick in the teeth, really. Especially all that talk during lockdown about the NHS. This would have been the ideal time for him to put the money where his mouth was and said, right, they've got a thousand tickets here and they're all going to the NHS. But. I don't know. It's business, isn't it? It's, it business there is never pretty, no is it? chance of that whatsoever, no, mate. No, there wasn't. <laughs> but it, it, it would have come out in good light, but obviously his pockets, his pockets mean more to him than his, uh, than his public uh, persona. So it's just, no. Uh, even, if I, even if I live next door, uh, there's no way I'd be paying 750 quid to, to see any of them fights, really. No chance, but hopefully it's a good summer of boxing. And like I said, onwards and upwards for that for that deal. And we've got to see some real fight cards going forward. But on to our £10 to £1,000 challenge, and we're back at it again this week. Uh, we took a break last week, and I think that was a wise move. And with a bigger pool of fights to choose from and hopefully some better luck, we can uh, we can go again in our quest to reach that £1,000 and obviously give the listeners a chance to win that £200. But Dave, as always... Um, it's tough to make a choice when the odds aren't out, so it's difficult to say we're going to go with this. But are there any fights uh, catching your eye which you think maybe we're going to get a bit of value there? The only one... I don't think we're going to get value on many of the headliners. Maybe the Lopez, Cambosos, he may get some value there because Cambosos coming on over, undefeated fighter, talking the talk. Maybe the odds might, might be a bit narrower than they should be because I fancy Lopez strongly in that fight. But going through the fight cards, John O'Carroll and Evenses to go the distance. Neither really powerful punches. O'Carroll stopped Quig, but Quig was semi-retired. He, he you know, he'd never really recovered from Valdez and people like that. So I don't grant that as a as a great stoppage for Carroll. He's not a hard hitter. I think he'll take the fight. He'll win the fight and he'll win it on points. So John O'Carroll distance or John O'Carroll to win on points might be where I'll be looking. But like you say, without the odds being out, you, you think you've, you've found something before the odds come out. And then they release the odds and, and it's absolute, there's no value there. So it's really difficult. Yeah, I think that's a decent shot though, Dave. We'll have a look at the odds when it comes out. But um, like you, I think um, Cambosis Lopez, we could uh, we could find some value in that fight. I think Cambosis is going to surprise a few, uh, a few people in this one. So... I'm interested, not as in um, cause the upset, but I think he could he could he could drag this fight through, and I'm interested to see what the overs are on this. Maybe he could take it into the latter stages of the fight, uh, maybe between eight and twelve. I mean, you can get like over seven point five rounds or over eight point five rounds. I'm interested to see what the odds are on that one. But another one, um, a new A within six looks a, a good yeah. shout, but again, the the odds might show that that's a good shout, and it, it might be no value whatsoever. So. When the odds do come out, Dave, me and you will sit down. We'll have we'll have a discussion yeah. on it, and we'll, we'll we'll come up with a good one. But we'll take the ones we thought about already, and yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll keep you we'll keep you informed um, via our Twitter page when we make that decision uh, when those odds come out over the next few days. But hopefully, some better luck this week, and we can get moving with that. But this week's fights now, Dave, and there are lots to dig our teeth into, um, and we'll strictly focus on the main events because. Um, otherwise, we're, we're gonna we're gonna drag over <laughs> time here. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll be here all day with the amount of fight cards we've got this week. So, uh, starting with the one we just mentioned, and that's Tiafimo Lopez against George Cambosis Jr. Now, Dave, uh, this is a mandatory defense for Tiafimo Lopez, but is this the most competitive of all the main events uh, on this packed weekend of boxing? I'd have to say it is. It, it, it definitely is by by a country mile for me. Going through. Trying to review these fights and looking at both fighters from Inoue to the Charlo card to the Mungia card. And and there's only this one that's anywhere near a competitive fight for me. And that's not because Camboso strikes me as a great fighter. I just mentioned in the in the betting section there. I don't think Camboso is on low as his level. 
But that just tells you how much of a mismatch the other fights are. This is going to be an entertaining fight. I think Camboso, he's not the most powerful fighter, but he sounds like he's coming to fight. He's saying all the right things, isn't he? So he can't come over here now, surely, and, and, and put on a poor performance. He's, this is his golden ticket. He's fighting, arguably, we say this almost every week about Lopez, the, arguably the undisputed 135-pound fighter. But... Camboso wins this, what a position he's in. So he's, he, this is his World Cup final, isn't he? He's going to go over there, he's going to give everything he has. His resume doesn't really back up his, 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 really his chances because split decision, victories over Selby and Bear, it's hardly anything to to really scream and shout about, is it? Not compared to Lopez, he's been in there, he's took out the, the man at 135, beat Cormier. Yeah, so for me, Lopez, this is Lopez's fight, but I think it's a fun competitive fight while it lasts. I think he'll have more than it's Camboso, but Lopez will be too big, too strong, too good. Yeah, and I agree, Dave. This is absolutely huge for him, and it's a huge opportunity for him to come over. For Lopez, this is just a get-through-this fight, and, and the bigger fights will be there. So I've already stated I fully expect Cambosos to be a real challenge Um he can take this one the distance. He, he can push Lopez here. Um, whether he will, that's another story. But we know he's previously sparred with Manny Pacquiao. Um, and Pacquiao's spoken about how tough he is. Um, and he's definitely to co uh, come into fight. You said he, he's super confident about himself. And he's going to pose a real test. And I think a lot of people, when this first this fight first came out, they sort of laughed at it and said that it's going to be a walkthrough for Lopez. Um, and uh, we've, we've seen Combosas we've seen in the fight with Lee Selby. Nothing... Nothing too much to shout about, but of course, what we've got to think, Selby, Tiafimo Lopez, it's completely different class. Yeah. Now, Lee Selby, he's a quality boxer. Let's not let's not make no uh, yeah. mistake about it. But um, he doesn't he doesn't have that pop to really concern a man. So he was never really going to trouble Cambosis in that way. But Lopez will. He's not going to be able to walk through Tiafimo Lopez. Lopez hits hard. We know that. He's got a stiff jab. It's going to be a tough night for him if he thinks he can just walk through him. But, of course, Cambosis is going to come to fight. I think he realises how big the task is. But he is confident in himself, so I, I am looking forward to this one. But, Dave, it is unfair to, to overlook Cambosis. And I hate doing this, but we've got to speak about going forward. And if Tiafimo does get that win, um, he certainly can't afford to overlook him himself. But if he does get those uh, the win, it, the offers are going to be queuing up for him. They're going to be rolling in. He's going to be offered some absolutely massive fights. And we read that he's patched up his differences with top rank. And, and they're looking to make him a pound-for-pound pound star. Uh, but beware, because he has upset Bob. So who knows um, what that's going to mean in the long run, Dave. But, <laughs> but when we throw names out like Josh Taylor... Devin Haney, a second fight with Lomachenko. There, there's huge opportunity for Tiafimo uh, Lopez if he gets through this. So he needs to make sure he doesn't overlook this and start looking towards them fights, which I'm sure he won't. He, he, he's, he, he's smart enough as a young man and, and, and quality enough not to do that. But I know you said you want to see the fight with Haney, and I've, I've been keen on that fight for a long time, and I, I'd be more than keen to see that official undisputed fight but put your cards on the table right now uh, right now Dave if Tiafimo Lopez wins this fight who do you think he fights next who do I think he fights I think I think he might move up I don't think he's any interested in a Loma rematch but I think Loma now after his dreadful first showing it'd be a different fight for me I'm not saying Loma would beat him but I think Lomachenko learned a lot more from that first fight. And, and he'd come in a completely different fight. There's no way he'd be quiet for six rounds. Absolutely no chance. I don't think Haney is going to take... I, don't, I can't see Haney taking the fight, to be honest. I think Haney will be better off waiting till Tiafimo moved up. Because I know you fancy Haney in the Lopez fight, but I think Lopez is too much for him. And I think Haney would be, be wiser to wait for them titles to become vacant. Lopez moves up. Top rank move, Josh Taylor up, they move Lopez up. They've got two undisputed, arguably two undisputed champions moving up into new weight divisions. The the belts at 140 would be up in the air. We've got Davis, people like that waiting to snatch a title. Lopez could go in there and clean up again. So it makes sense to me, from a promotional point of view, from a management point of view, for Lopez to move up next. I don't think he can sit and wait at 135. Everyone's saying how big he is. <laughs> Between camps, it's it's only going to get harder to get down to that 135. Maybe a fresh challenge at 140. 
And we can meet the people like Devin Haney later on down the line if they move up, which I fully expect Haney to move up as well. He's a big 135er. And then Lomachenko's open to take 135 again, isn't he? So everything's pointing to me at Lopez moving up next. But like you say, don't don't underestimate a a challenger like Camboso who's who's got the pride of a nation behind him. He's going to come over. He's going to give everything. And I think the way he's been speaking... Lopez ain't going to underestimate him, is he? He's going to go in there and think, right, this kid's coming to fight. I've got to be on the ball here. So, yeah, Lopez to move up next, I think. Yeah, I'm going to kind of disagree and agree with you at the same time, and you'll sort of hear why in a minute, Dave. But um, I think I think if Lomachenko beats Nakatani, I think the rematch will be next. I think they're going to make that fight. I think I think that's the fight they're going to look to make. If uh, Lomachenko does beat Nakatani, I think they're going to go Lopez, Lomachenko too. Um, but whatever, if that fight did happen, whatever the outcome of that, I, I could see that being the last fight for Tiafima, 135 pounds. Um, I think he does go to 140 very soon, but I think he has that one more fight. And I believe, I believe if Lomachenko does beat Nakatani, it will be Lomachenko Lopez next. I might be wrong, um, but I, I just can't see the Haney fight as, as much as I want it. And, and like you said, but I... I just can't see that one happening. There's too many things in the way. And as we know, I don't think the business is going to allow that one to happen right now. That fight is going to be one to happen later down the line at 140, 147. Those two are going to be moving up through the divisions. Uh, and, and yeah, possibly 140. We'll see that one in a few years' time. But I think it's going to be Loma Lopez, uh, Loma Lopez uh, next. Uh, but I really won't complain if it's that. I won't complain if it's Lopez against Lomachenko. I won't complain if it's Loma, uh, Lopez against Taylor. I won't complain if it's Lopez against Haney. If it's not one of those three and and we're seeing him in with a a random fight, which I'm sure they're not going to do next, then I will be a little bit disappointed. But I think Lopez, he wants to smoke. Um, I know, he, like you said, I don't think he he really wants that Lomachenko second fight because I think he feels like he's, he's shown what he needs to already. But I think top rank, and you know how much they love Lomachenko. He, they absolutely adore yeah. that man, and you you see with all the posters they put <laughs> out, the middle, all the it? videos they put out, he's always the main man there. Their, their social media is just absolutely in love with Lomachenko, and yeah, like I said, that the, the most recent top rank fight. I don't know if if they were in charge of putting that out or if that was a Sky Sports thing, but Tiafimo Lopez wasn't even on there, which was a concern for the start. You had. You had a, a new A standing in the corner like he didn't know anybody, just in the background, <laughs> which was ridiculous. Now, with all, with all, with all due respect to Michaela Meyer, she was in front of a new A, so that was a bit of a concern to me on his own. But Lomachenko standing in the middle, a British fighter, it, it Josh Taylor, should be the man in the middle on a UK yeah. poster. Let's be honest, for a Sky Sports production, have the British man in the middle. But no, Lomachenko gets that again. And listen, I'm a big fan of Lomachenko, as you know, but... Yeah, top rank love the man. And if they can make that fight, I think that's what they're going to look towards. And I think they're a little bit more in control of that again now. And I think Lopez realises he, he's he gone back and looks like he, he, he's uh, patched up those differences. And I think they've made some promises to him. We don't know what they are, but I think they've made some promises to him. And I think he might have agreed to that second Lomachenko fight as part of that. But let's see. Um, exciting times for Tiafimo Lopez. But as we said, don't overlook Combosis. This is going to be a fight. It's going to be an exciting fight. And Fight TV is showing this in the UK. Uh, once again, they've kindly given us a code to give away. So go over to my Twitter page, at Steve Boxman, to find the details for entering that competition. And yeah, I think it's, what is it? Is it 22.99 or something like that, Dave, this weekend? So if you can get that for free, yeah, get involved. Yeah. Yeah, twenty two ninety nine. You're not paying anything for it. That's your beers and your takeaways sorted, isn't it? So, yeah, definitely get involved and and get that for free. I'll, I'll be having to pay, but yeah, good luck to everybody who enters. Yeah, sorry about that, Dave. They've given me a code. They've, they've, they've given me a code, so I'll be watching that one on Saturday. <laughs> I'll be staying. I'll be staying up for that one to to, to watch that one. Like, but uh, yeah, someone else can get that free code as well and get involved. But uh, next up, Dave. Um, Nayoa Inoue, we just mentioned him briefly. Um, he returns from uh, to fight yet another mandatory challenger um, in Dasmeredos. Um, not many will be giving the Filipino fighter a chance here, Dave, but Inoue will want to put in a monstrous performance, forgive the pun, uh, but he's going to be looking to chase the unification fight out of that. So he wants to put in a big performance, don't he, Dave? Yeah, he, he's sort of following his, his Super Series success and, and all the hype that's behind him at that time it sort of died down a bit hasn't it through to due to different reasons really is he's 
is English is great for a fighter to speak. They get pushed out there. If you're not speaking fluent English, it's a bit harder. He's been inactive through top rank, so he has sort of drifted into the background. So if he can come out and he's on a busy weekend of boxing, but if he can put in a standout performance out of all these and just come out and smash Daz Marinas and do it in devastating style then he's right back on people's lips and he's, he's in the forefront of people's minds. He can go over to uh, Big Bob and say, get me on that poster, get me on the middle and get me that unification because I'm the monster <laughs> and I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's been a slow start for him with top rank. As we know, the pandemic hasn't helped. He was set to face Casemiro in a unification before uh, the pandemic. So it sort of ruined the plans. And, and they've sort of held him back a little bit since then. And we've seen him in two mandatories now. Well, we would have seen him in two mandatories come the weekend. But they've got to do better for him. We know that. They've got to do better for a few of their fighters. Um, we won't mention that now. Let's not go into that. But uh, <laughs> next up, it really does need to be a Donair 2 or, or the winner of Casemiro Rigondeaux. It has to be another yeah. unification uh, as that then sets up an undisputed for next year. So hopefully that's what it's going to be next. And I know he's keen for those big fights. And he's not going to be he's not going to be looking to swerve any of those. So there's some good fights for him there. Um, and I'm sure we're going to see him up at 122 at some point as well. So let's get through this division, let him unify the division and then move up to 122 where there's some unbelievable fights up there. Uh, that, that's a division on fire right now. But let's not get carried away with that. Let's get through 118 first. But yeah, um, starting with this weekend. And then, like you said, I expect him to put on a, a big show for this one as well. But another man in need of a better opponent, Dave, uh, than the one we're seeing this weekend is Jamal Charlo. He takes on Juan Montiel. Um, and after Showtime released an absolutely brilliant schedule, this one was a bit underwhelming, weren't it, Dave? Yeah, it, it was. We've seen what uh, Jamel's doing, the, the smaller Charlo. He's going out there, he's, he's looking undisputed. And then you've got this for Jamal. It's I don't know, it's a bit underwhelming more than anything, isn't he? he should, he's a good fighter, he's a class fighter, but he needs the, the opponents in front of him to prove that. And while he, he's going in there with the likes of Montiel, he's only going to be received the criticism that people are trying to fend off for him. He is a good fighter. Don't put him in with the likes of Mantiel. He's in a great division there. Let's make the fights. Let's stop messing about and get Charlo in with the big boys. Let's show the world what Jamal Charlo can do. You could have two brothers, two undisputed champions if you wanted to. I believe they are that good. So let's make it happen. These Montiel fights are not doing anything for anybody. Yeah, you really could. Uh, and to be honest, Dave, you would favour Jamal in, in most of these fights at 160. With with Golovkin being at the back end of his career, you, you would probably favour Charlo in that fight. And yeah. it's hard to go against Golovkin even at this stage, but you, you would probably favour Jamal Charlo at this point. He's coming off the back of a career best win, in my opinion, um, and a good performance as well against Sergei Derevinchenko, who yeah. we know is a, is a quality fighter. And he's not an easy man to beat. We saw him against Golovkin, and that was some fight. We saw him against uh, Danny Jacobs, and obviously we've seen him against Jamal Charlo as now. Uh, and Jamal Charlo, you'd have to say, beat him the most convincingly out of the three. Um, obviously, in boxing, that doesn't mean too much, but it's a strong performance. And I've said it before, I hate this 160 division right now. And it's not because we don't have brilliant fighters at the weight. We do. We've got, we've got Golovkin. We've got Derevyanchenko, we've got Jamal Charlo, we've got Demetrius Andre, but they're not fighting each other with the exception of the likes of Derevyanchenko going in there with Golovkin and, and Charlo. We're not seeing Andre against Golovkin. We're not seeing Charlo against Golovkin. So let's drop the crap in this division, Dave, and let's make Charlo Andre. Why is that fight not happening? Why is Charlo Andre? I did say why is Golovkin Andre not happening, but I think we've seen why that's not going to happen. It is clear Golovkin... He wants Murata. That looks like that's going to happen. So if Glovkin and Murata is going to happen for the end of the year, why not make Jamal Charlo against Demetrius Andrade in a unification fight? And then, if anything, that sets up an undisputed clash yeah. for next year. So go and make it happen. Stop messing around. Stop making excuses. Stop talking about um, TV deals and whatever and fight purses and all the crap. Just go and make Andrade against Charlo. Let's be honest, Dave. If either of those two don't fight each other, who the hell are they going to fight? Is Demetrius Andre, let's be honest, is he going to go fight quickly? It's just not good enough. We've just seen him against Liam Williams. We've seen him against bloody Keeler, for goodness yeah. sake. I, I, I like Andre. I really like Andre. He's a bit of an odd cat. 
character, but I do like him, and, and and I really like Charlo as a fighter as well. So those two just go and make the well, fight. Stop making excuses. They've come out and said they don't want to fight each other because they don't like each other. What what better reason to fight if you don't like each other? Get in there exactly. and fight. Knock him out. <laughs> it's a great fight. I, I underestimated Andrade really due to his his lack of opposition, notable opposition. And I thought Williams stood a chance. And he, he had his moment with Williams, don't get me wrong, but you will when you fight the style that Liam Williams does and you, you're all over, you, you're straightforward, you're throwing big shots, you will land at some point. But Andred, I think, handled him really well. Him against Charlo's a really good fight, and that, like you say, it builds up for the Murata Golovkin winner. And and you're undisputed on a plate. Why aren't fighters aiming for this? Why Not all fighters, there are fighters aiming for it, but why aren't all fighters aiming to prove the number one in the division? Let's make it happen. It's it, it just, you're going to get left behind. And I've just said it about Billy Joe, and I've said it about Povetkin. You don't want to look back at your career at the end and think, Pfft. Why didn't I take... I could have beat Andre. Why didn't I get in there with him instead of fighting Montiel? I, should, I could have beat him. And then, you know, you, you ride up there in people's top 10 people, but no one can ignore you anymore. So all these people that are saying you're haters, you're not putting Charlo in your list. We, we will not be able to leave him out if he goes and beats Andre. He's in everybody's top 10 pound for pound list. So cut the crap, make it happen, and let's get it on. Yeah, and, and I hope I hope Charlo comes out after this fight, and I do expect him to beat Montiel, let's be honest. But I hope he comes out after, the, after this fight, and, it, and he calls on a fight like that. Call out Andre. I know it's all, all for show. You can call out people and wherever, and we've seen Andre doing it as well, but just call him out, and, and, and let's see where that one can go. And I, I really do hope after this fight we do see a top opponent for Charlo, but if it's not going to be Andre at the moment, we know it's not going to be Golovkin, it's not going to be Murata, so... There's no better there's no better fight for either man than this. So let's see how it goes. I know he said he, he, he doesn't want to go 168 right now. So let's get the best for him at 160. And, and if we're being honest, the best for him at 160 right now, that's going to be available on, on, on the looks of things, is going to be Dimitri and uh, Andre. So no matter how hard it's going to be to make this fight, get it done. And, 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 and then, then the division gets a bit of a kick up his backside, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I think Andre just needs calling out lessons because walking into Canelo's press conference saying I'm a big fan, that's not how you do it. That's not how you call a fighter out. Get in there, start making noise, make it so they can't avoid you anymore. If Andre's so convinced that he takes Charlo, get in there, make the noise. Charlo, you're so convinced you take Andre, get in there, make the noise. They can't avoid each other forever. Agreed. It's the best fight for both men, so hopefully we, we do get that fight happening because I don't see many better fights for either man, and it's going to be a great fight for both people. So let's see how that goes. But lastly, Dave, uh, for this weekend, it's fourth time lucky for Jamie Mungia. Um, <laughs> twice he saw the fight with Selecki postponed, uh, and he also had one postponed against Demetrius Ballard. Uh, but now he has a fight against Camille Sherometa, um, the man who was soundly taken care of by Gennady Golovkin. Um, Dave, uh, what do you make of Mungia? Do you think he's going to be... Any trouble for, for the likes of Golovkin, for the likes of Demetrius Andrade or Jamal Charlo if need be? Now, we know or we hear that he didn't want to fight Demetrius Andrade when he had the chances mandatory, but what, what do you think his chances are? Is he a threat to these guys, Dave? He's borderline threat, isn't he? He's entertaining, he's explosive, he's powerful, he, he loves to fight. He just doesn't... Like we mentioned with uh, Ritson before, there's just something missing from that top flight. Maybe once Golovkin's sailed off into the sunset and Andre and Ch Andre's no young puppy either. I think Mongia could could time it and get a title. But as it stands, the champions at one sixty now. I can't see Mongia beating any one of the current champions. No, but he, he's a good addition to that division. He's exciting. He is good to watch. He's you know he's a type of fighter we mentioned with Stevenson before. Where he's a pure boxer and. And, and fans of the sweet science will like what Shaker Stevenson does. But Mungia just likes to fight, doesn't he? So he, you always need them type of fighters in the division. So he's a great addition, but I can't see him toppling a champion. I just can't see it. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, and I do think he's going to be in some real fun fights. We've seen him in a, in, a, in a few fun fights already. But right now, I couldn't back him against any of the champions. Outside of Morata, he probably yeah. could beat Morata. But obviously, we look... Looking at Murata against Golovkin, that's going to be a huge fight out in Japan if that does take place in December, uh, which is expected to do so. But he's no walkover, but there's still so many flaws there. Like you said, he, he, he is a fighter and he is going to come to fight. And it's going to be, he's going to, he's got that fan friendly style, but 
he's got the potential in the future, maybe a few years down the line, maybe a little while longer waiting for Golovkin to get that little bit older. I'm sure Golden Boy are banking on that one. I'm thinking they're looking towards that that Golovkin fight. That's one that they probably want a little bit further down the line. I know they've spoken about it, but I'll, I wouldn't back Mungir in there against Golovkin at the moment. But if they wait a little longer um, for an old man like Golovkin, the, the style of Mungir, that's not going to be a nice one to fight against. Um, but like I said, I back him to beat him now. But a little bit further down the line, we, we'll have to see. But for a man who, who's already won a world title and he's got over 30 fights, I still don't think he's ready for, for the likes of Charlo, Andredo, Golovkin. But let's see how he puts on a performance this weekend. Um, eyes are going to be on him. He's fighting a guy that, that Golovkin just took care of pretty comfortably. Um, so if he doesn't get him out of there, then people are going to ask questions. But at the same time, Jamal Charles fighting a guy that he dealt with in, in two rounds. I think he knocked Montiel yeah, yeah, yeah. out. So, so what does that tell you? If any, if anything, a better fight this weekend would have been Jamal Charlo against Jamie Munguia. But of course, I don't think that Delahoya would entertain that fight for Munguia right now because because that's just asking for trouble. Uh, but as always, Dave, we're going to finish the show with our predictions. Um, and I'm slipping away here, Dave. We've just got three weeks to go. We said we'd go for ten weeks, so we've got eight, nine, and ten to go. Um, before we start fresh. And I'm in serious danger of going 1-0 behind here, Dave. We'll have to keep the score like that each 10 weeks. Uh, you, you've stretched your lead again to nine points. I, I had uh, Shakur Stevenson to win by a KO. And that, that one sort of angered me a little bit because he could have got the KO. And he should have got the KO. So that should have been a couple of points my way. But it went your way. So... It is what it is. I'm going to have to try and get some points back this week, and I'm hoping you're 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 going to go for a couple of opposites. But I, I need to be careful. I don't want to get absolutely pasted here. So, <laughs> but we'll see. We've got we've got five fights this weekend, Dave. Uh, so we're going to start with Teofimo Lopez against George Cambosis. What's your prediction there? I'm going Lopez stoppage round eight, eight to twelve. Really, like second half, as we mentioned earlier. He's just too big and too strong for a valiant effort from Camboso. Expecting to give everything he's got, and I think Lopez will have a, a newfound respect for him after the fight. But he's just not enough. He's not big enough. He's not strong enough to hold Lopez off. Lopez will just wear him down, grind him down, and take him out. Yeah, I was hoping you'd go with a decision there, Dave, to be no. honest, because I, I, I've got to go with the same. I know I said it's going to be a tough fight, and I think it is going to be. I think he's going to push him, and I think I can well, I can see it going long, but I yeah. do think Tiafimo is going to get that stoppage. I'm, I'm, I'm looking more towards 10 to 12, so slightly later than what you just said. I know you said 8, eight to 12, but I, I'm going to go with a Tiafimo Lopez stoppage as well. But um, Inoue, Das Mireno, Dave, what are you going with? I'm going round four stoppage. I don't see any problems here. Anyway, he's going to be dying to get out of them blocks. He'll want to put a performance on. He's going to look in devastating form. He's going to tell Bob that centre stage on that fight poster. Let's get him redesigned. Stoppage round four in a way. Yeah, agreed. I think he's going to put in a blistering performance here. I, I can feel it, Dave. And I'm I'm excited to see him. I'm always excited to see him yeah. anyway. And and I'm I'm lucky enough to have seen him live uh, in Glasgow. And that and that was one of his best performances, blasting out Emmanuel Rodriguez like that. That was some yeah. show. And I think we're going to see it in similar fashion, albeit against a lesser fighter, a more unknown fighter in Daz Morenos. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's within the first three. Uh, but I, I definitely think he gets it done within the six. I hope I'm not in the. <laughs> underestimating Daz Marinas here, but I can't. I, can't, I just can't see past uh, anyway getting the job done here, and I can't wait to see him, as I said. But Charlo, Monty Hill, Dave. You going with a Monty Hill upset? Gee, you'd love me to, wouldn't you? But I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no chance. Charlo stoppage again. If, if Mungia can stop him, Charlo knows he's in there with a man he shouldn't be in there with. He knows there's criticism that comes with fighting a lesser name like Montiel. How do you stop that criticism? You do what you're meant to do in there and you put them away and you put them away in good fashion. I see Charlo stoppage. Yeah, Dave, I might as well just hand you the title now because yeah. I'm not getting no, but I'm not getting any points back this week because, well, to be honest, it, it was expected to. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't, it's... I can't take the risk and and go for for for. Uh, a decision in in one of these three fights because I just can't see it. And, uh, yeah, I, I imagine Charlo's going to get the job done within six. I think this will be a fun one while, uh, whilst it lasts, though. But yeah. I, can't, I can't see past a, a Charlo stoppage within that first six, possibly even sooner, uh, possibly within the first three, like I said, with Inoue. But let's see. But uh, Mungir against Sheremeta, Dave, what are you going with? Again, Mungir stoppage. He's he too big, too strong. He'll go out there. He'll be looking to... 
to try and better what Golovkin did, so he can say, "I've, I've done. I went one better." He's going to go out there. He's going to stop him, isn't he? And uh, I think this might be, from an entertaining point of view, not from a from a sort of fifty-fifty or competitive point of view, but from an entertainment point of view, this one might be one of the fights of the weekend. I like watching Mungi. He's, like you say, he's, he's, there's blatant holes in his game. Which makes him fun to watch. You don't want a perfect boxer. You want someone who's who can take a shot, who who can look, oh, what you're doing that far, and, and sort of make mistakes. But at the same time, could turn it around with sheer aggression. So I think it's an entertaining fight, Mungia stoppage. Yeah, we're both gone with we're both going with all chaos in the main events, Dave. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see because it's not too not too often you get you you get a weekend like that. Yeah, so yeah. May, maybe one's going to throw up a little, a little surprise. I don't think there's going to be an upset on any of them, but maybe one's going to go longer than we expect. Um, and I said the Cambosis Lopez fight is going to go long, so that's the only one if, if I could predict going the distance. That's the only one I could I could probably say we might be wrong, but I, I can't see past them and gear stoppage. And I think he's going to do. I think I don't think he's going to do it early, but I think he's going to do it about between the rounds of six and ten. But yeah, like you said, he, he's going to want to put a performance on here. Um, and yeah, Sheremet is a late late replacement. And he, let's be honest, they're just throwing him in at the deep end. He's just been stopped and battered by Golovkin. His chances don't uh, don't stand well here either. So, but last one, Dave, on the undercard, we've got Beck the Bully against Gabe Rosado. Now, obviously, uh, Beck was due to fight Kovalev not too long ago until we heard about his drug test which is just another one along the lines but anyway uh, how do you see that fight going Dave? I was looking forward to that fight it speaks volumes of how highly Beck's rated really doesn't it when he's going from such an early point in his career going in against you know one time very feared opponent in Kovalev but like you say failed his drug test and, and, and the rest is history I, I might not be in agreements with you I think it's going all the way I like Rosado and I think he can he can hang in there and going points, back the bully. Well, Dave, we are in agreement. So we've, literally, <laughs> we've literally just cancelled each other out here. Uh, I, might, I might need to throw a bonus one in somewhere <laughs> midweek just to try and catch some points out because this is not fair. We've just, we've just evened yourself out here. So you, you, you're, staying, you're staying nine points ahead no matter what here. I think maybe maybe we should start putting you, uh, extra points for rounds, maybe. Dave, like you, you had a, you've had your eyes through the window all the way yeah. from Manchester, mate. I don't know how you've managed that. You've got secret bloody cameras stashed in somewhere, mate. Looking at my notepad, like, did I did I take a selfie with someone on the train and leave it <laughs> leave, leave leave my pics on the fucking on the on the sheet or what, mate? What's going on here? No, but to be honest, a lot of these, uh, I think. I think it's natural. Most people are going to go with yeah. the chaos, but I, I think Rosado, we know he's tough as anything. He, he's yeah. been in some real fights and he's still going strong. He, he, he's, he, he's not going to beat everyone. Um, we know that, but he's going to give you a tough battle and, and he's going to take your best. And I think he can take Beck the distance. We know Beck hits hard, particularly yeah. to the body. It'll be interesting to see after all these wars, whether he can take those body shots. And, and, and I think if, 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 if Beck's going to get him, it's going to be to the body. Uh, but we'll have to see. But I think he's going to take him the distance. And, and Beck's going to take it on the card. So, Dave, uh, the all-important question here. Uh, I believe that Mingue, the Mingia fight starting a bit early. So, um, I'm definitely going to watch that one. As I think that one's starting around half eight or so. Um, well, the card is anyway on Design UK. But are you staying up for any of these fights? And, and if so, what ones are you going to be watching? I am working. So, I think it's going to be an early... Early bedtime, and then I'm going to watch the Lopez combo. So it's the, it's the one, isn't it? it it's got to be. I, I know I said earlier that the Mungia one's going to be entertaining as hell, and I think it will be because he, he just naturally is an entertaining fighter. But ju I just more vested interest with the war of words, with Camboso being undefeated. And he's going to come across, in like we've just mentioned earlier, he's going to give 110%, isn't he? He's not going to go, he's not going to die of, of whimpering weed. He's going to go in there and he's going to lose valiantly or win heroically. So that's the fight for me. Lopez Camboso. Yeah, it is, as we said, it's the most competitive of those main events. And uh, Fight TV, like I said, they kindly give me a code, so I'm going to be watching that fight for sure. Um, yeah, but I'm I'll also going to ask... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 
I, I might have paid for it. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> I, I, luckily, I don't need to go down that route for this one. <laughs> but um, I will. I will have the Sky Sports on as well for a new A. Um, uh, there's always a buzz for me to see the monster, yeah. as I've said. So, uh, in terms of the Charlo card, I'll, I'll try and catch that on Sunday. I, I still do like to watch back fights that I didn't get to see, but I'm pretty much going to see almost all of these. Um, uh, it'll be hard for me to keep track of all the undercards uh, with yeah. a few going on at the same time. But there, there are a few decent undercard fights. I know we hadn't had the chance to mention them, Dave, because there's so much uh, to talk through this week. But there are a few undercard fights. I'm sure fights we'll that, fire that, some uh, tweets yeah. out on the undercard and thoughts on the yeah, undercard. I haven't definitely. even looked too much into it. I've just been looking at main events and excited but underwhelmed at the same time with the opposition. But it's better to have some boxing, I suppose, than nothing and... and hopefully the the fights we've mentioned for these for these strong champions going forward are the ones that come into to fruition next because there's some hilarious fights out there yeah and that's a wrap dave another one bites the dust any no, final mate. words no thanks the last episode the ali special we had some great feedback on social media from that and so really grateful to hear that uh it was one that both me and myself yourself steve we spoke about it afterwards and said how fantastic it was you brought things up about Ali that I forgot. I'm sure that I dusted your memory off on some things that you'd forgot. And it's always great to go back over. Not just Ali's career, some of the greats in boxing history. I'm sure we'll do more going forward when, when fight cards are a bit quieter and weekends are a bit quieter. So we look forward to doing more than that. But yeah, thanks for the feedback. And it's done really great listening time, really great listening figures. So I can't thank you all enough. We're just two passionate fans who love talking about boxing. And it seems that people like listening to us. So that's always a bonus. So thanks a lot. And yeah, we'll, we'll keep going as long as you're listening. And and the special on Ali was a great one. It was very enjoyable, as was the Mayweather one uh, a few weeks before. And there's going to be, there's going to be a few cards or, or a few weeks where... The fights are not so exciting, so we, we, we're more than welcome to, to take some requests for, for a special. Muhammad Ali was always a great one to speak about. So if you've got any requests uh, for any particular old-school fighters or any greats that you'd like us to do a special one when when the, when the fights are a little bit low on a weekend, then, then feel more than welcome to do so on our Twitter page. But thanks for listening. Um, enjoy a packed weekend of boxing. And for any English or Scottish fans out there watching the Euros, firstly, commiserations to... <laughs> The Scots in advance for Friday, but go go wild, have a few beers, and 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 come on, England, and take care, enjoy.